Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Mailbag. Great rivalries, unpopular opinions, and celeb supporters of the order of the day. It's Saturday, 2nd of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Hello, everybody. It's Mailbag time. It's... Possibly my favourite time of the week. It's your letters. It's, it's your, your letters. letters. Remember that? I do remember that. Of course he does. Course TFI he. Friday. Yeah. Couldn't get more Marcus Speller if you tried. Reef. It was Reef as well. Great 90s band. <laughs> Still going, they are. One question Go is on. all that matters here. Do you want me fucking shoes? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit of Sean Ryder there. Great stuff. Yeah. That's Great actually, stuff. that's Chris Evans offered the shoes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then. It caused a, a and then TFI was no longer live. And television. How would you explain uh, why this forever? is not live? <laughs> <laughs> How would you explain TFI Friday as a concept to some of our younger listeners? Well, it was just sort of a, a Friday late afternoon, early evening show to celebrate. You know, welcoming in the weekend. It was, it was a, a, it was a forerunner, it was, forerunner to the keys of the weekend. It me, was actually, which I forgot to do yesterday. But it's on a timer. Don't worry. <laughs> it's um, a pin. Yeah, <laughs> get Airbnb or email you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, you will get a lot of stick on Twitter for not doing the, the keys, mate. I know. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to get a bit of stick to keep you on your toes yeah, exactly. uh, I would say have you, you key, have you got a key card to the weekend now yeah. got, whatever you want Andy I've got it yeah all the options are there 
but today right. it is the mailbag. We're enjoying the weekend currently. And of course, if you want to get involved with the mailbag, you can tweet us on X at Football Ramble, message us on Instagram at Football Ramble, and of course, email us show at footballramble.com. Yeah. And it is the emails where we begin, Luke Moore. Well, I saw the Instagram DMs of the Ramble account a couple of days ago for the mm. first time in ages. And if you want a question read, I wouldn't go through that because <laughs> it is an absolute <laughs> shit show in there. Um, I would always personally prioritise the um, the Discorders who, who pay to be on, on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash football ramble. That's your first portal call. Oh, yeah. If you want your question read out, it's as simple as this. I'm going to make it very, very clear. If you want your question read out on yeah, this yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. pay us a fucking fiver yep. and then we'll think about <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, Josh, who has emailed in, that's undermined it. Um, he says, uh, there's a lot of chat about the greatest rivalries in football. What are, in your opinion, the essential ingredients for a legendary rivalry? And does this weekend's Manchester derby meet your criteria? It's a good time for that question because we mentioned derby, as Josh says, this weekend. Derbies are um, in, you know, important and the rivalry is a big part of the game that we all love. And actually, what's in, also interesting is the idea that, yes, we have historic derbies. Yes, we have things that we know to be derbies, like the mm. Manchester derby. But there's always new little rivalries popping up all the time. You That's know, right. Liverpool versus Man City more recently for the titles. Well, Liverpool-Chelsea. Liverpool-Chelsea before that. So what are your guys' ideas about the essential mm. ingredients for a legendary rivalry in football? And I'll come to you first, Marcus. Yeah, I think that often we think of derbies as just local ones. But sometimes... The, the it, it, it's not always the local derby which is the most fierce. You know, Chelsea versus Fulham is a local derby, but I would probably say it's more fierce between Chelsea and Spurs. This is better for, explained for in European terms, isn't it? It's derby versus Classico, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. of course, but, but a derby, a rivalry is just you know, it's 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 an intense. Um, so you, I, I'm not of, you mean, of I know what you mean, and and so Chelsea. And Fulham, I mean, that is a bit of a, 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 a it's, it's a rare one, Chelsea versus Fulham. I don't think that is the. Um, that's not an average. Uh, no, Fulham have taken a player from Chelsea on loan, like in the last window, and it's not. And there's no animosity or anything like yeah, that. No, nobody would, would think yeah. anything of it. So that's yeah, that is a bit of an odd one, I suppose. But uh, to to answer the question, the sort of the basic, most important green is an immense desire to beat them. Mm. Is the you have to have that an immense desire on both sides. On both sides, absolutely right. Another dig at Fulham there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these days, they yeah. need the points. Yeah, We're both yeah. mid-table, baby. Yeah, exactly. um, but that's what it is, um, because uh, as as you say, you sometimes clubs will will suggest that oh yeah, we're not too bothered by them. So is it really a really double? It's that immense desire to beat the other side and we see that the odd derby that we, we, we talk about Brighton versus Crystal Palace you know which kind of uh, developed I mean look into it but you know it developed over a series of of matches between the sides it wasn't a local one it wasn't because they were the best two teams in the land or a particular seismic uh, event perhaps it was you know it was a series of things but that is a huge rivalry now when 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 Brighton go to Palace or vice versa it's far bigger than say you know when, when Fulham rock up or something like that so the immense desire to beat that team when you look for that fiction go they're coming to town or we're going to them it's an obvious and sort of a basic point but that has to be there for a rivalry and it has to transcend like current form and by a current form yeah, I yeah. mean recent years because you touched on Manchester City versus Liverpool to me like why that has been a rivalry of any sort is because they have been consistently the two best teams in the, yeah. in, the in the Premier League for a number of so years. So it's somewhat different, but you maybe. Don't, you don't feel that extra pinch. 
You know, the reason they want to get one over each other is because it's going to help you win the league. Yeah. And that can't be it. There needs to be yeah, more fair. to it than than that, well, doesn't there? I mean, I, you know, I often we often sort of talk about we call it like the strange derby between Brighton and Palace. It's actually not really that strange if you think about it. It was it was a rivalry that built up over, as I say, a series of games because we just mentioned Liverpool Chelsea. That was the same, but we don't refer refer to that as a bit. Oh, it's a bit of a weird derby. We 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 understand it because it's happened. We've seen yes. it develop where you have two teams, and maybe it is you know Mourinho taunting the Liverpool fans. Mm. Mourinho was loved by those Chelsea fans. The Liverpool fans go in on him. Chelsea fans respond, and suddenly you. It's, it's 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 created a thing, but I mean, I would say if you're talking really classic rivalries that will last and will always be there, you know, often it is to do geographically, yeah. But often history is there. I've if, got I've got three I've got three boxes you need to tick for it to be a classic rivalry. Yeah, that's local, yep, historic, mm-hmm. and cultural. Can you so you presumably you don't have to have all three because Real Madrid all, Barcelona th- and is not local. Well, fine. I think the best ones have all three. I think that. You know, a lot of water under the bridge is important, but if you had a philosophical difference in there, like Real Madrid versus Barcelona and yep. the history that goes along that, maybe that makes up for a lack of local sure. rivalry. But the best ones have all three, and that makes it even spicier. So Celtic v Rangers, you know, it's a it's a local derby. Uh-huh. It's historic for all the obvious reasons, and culturally, it's very uh, very different as well because you've got Protestant versus Catholic and all the rest of it. Now that obviously throws up a load of unsavoury behaviour, but we can't deny the fact that culturally. It's a big element of the rivalry between them. And and a lot of the big rivalries in world football can be about a worldview, like River versus Boca, for example. Yeah. Boca's seen as working class. River's seen as more kind of upper middle class, even though these days it's mostly bollocks. Sure. And actually, that mm. was... That was Probably a bit of a fallacy because they both uh-huh. came out of working class neighbourhoods anyway. But it makes it more interesting. It does. Yeah. Bocca, it. Bocca will criticise River for yeah, being yeah, the millionaires yeah. and all that's the rest right, of it. Right. And River will criticise Bocca for the opposite. So all that stuff goes into the mix. When you've got all three, local, historic and cultural, it is spicier than ever. Yeah, but they, the, the, the derbies, the best derbies definitely live beyond their origin points. I, I think that's fair to say because Barcelona Real Madrid that's a, that's a really good example for uh, you know you can talk about you know juxtaposed political philosophies uh-huh, uh-huh. you know Castilian versus Catalan yeah. mm. but the fact is since Barcelona and Real Madrid have become global concerns uh-huh. in the past fifteen years I think those things the the, the localness of it and I'm saying you know within uh-huh. Spain, rather than you know, you know within a Europe, city, yeah, 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 it's it's something that is actually massively unimportant and totally under not understood or not cared about uh-huh. by a huge part of the global audience. You know, there are people who will be mad fans of Real Madrid and Barcelona in all different countries around the world who won't understand anything about the Catalan desire for independence or General Franco or any of those things. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, a, it's a rivalry that is it's still the same. It's still uh-huh. a huge match every time it's played. But because it's perceived on a global, global level, uh-huh. its origin point is almost like less in focus than ever before. You're right mm. to say that. You're absolutely right to say yeah. that. However, what I would say to perhaps, I don't know, maybe go into Luke's point more than that is if all those fans around the world actually stopped supporting it would still be an incredible derby for the reasons that, that history and, and, and so on and so forth you know the, 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 the River Bocker stuff yeah. you know that is not as say celebrated or as watched around the world just f- for, for a number of reasons mm. um, 
but it's still you know it's the super classic over crying out loud. It's 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 absolutely enormous. So you you're right to point that out. You're definitely right to point that out. But I think a huge derby still. Whether whether the, the wider world is 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 involved or not, the derby still remains massive. You know, like look at Portsmouth Southampton. I mean, who outside those two places gives two shiny shites about that? League Everyone. Ball? How long have you got? <laughs> well, I mean, just before I answer that, because yeah. I think I think there's a, I think there's a, despite that's a, a barefaced dig that is beneath you. There is some there is some interesting stuff in it's, there. It's my Saturday as well. I was just wanted to chuck into uh, Penyarol versus Nassian. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, you got yeah. one of them is is a team that's set up by English people yep. who live there, immigrant immigrants, English immigrants who live there. They're the one that's set up specifically in response to that as mm. for, for native kind of Uruguayans, and that's where the rivalry comes from. Mm. On the Portsmouth versus Southampton thing, and I think it applies to the Brighton versus Palace um, rivalry as well. Actually, we can talk about this academically and start to assess it and and use different examples. But ultimately, it really is for each individual fan base to mm. decide what's a derby and what's a rivalry and what isn't and, and Andy mm. mentioned it but it is the fans that often dictate this exactly well, they should always do that and Andy said you know what is the game that gives the fans the biggest pinch is exactly a different way of saying the same thing you know a lot of it is very localised mm. the fan base decides which games are most important to them so actually when you talk about Brighton Palace which is a, a common one where people go oh it's a pointless derby or it's this derby it's that derby and everyone laughs about it that's fine but there's actually nothing to do with you yeah the fan base themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. who watch this team every week should rightly decide who the biggest rivalry is and yeah. why. And it may well be as big as Real Madrid Barcelona or Celtic against Rangers, but it can absolutely easily that, that's be. That's life for you, isn't it? You attach yeah. meaning to whatever you want to attach but meaning to. But I think history to. through fixtures also as well, again, specific moments and when people remember them. I mean, the River Bocker is, is, is a great example for that, you know, with the, the, the incident, what was it? it was calling them pigs once, I can't remember. Chickens. Chickens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Oh, the the other one with, uh, in, in um, Mexico, is it... Uh, Guadalajara, uh, Chivas was Club America. Is that the derby? I really should remember that. But you got the two big sides, and you know one of my favourite moments from, from the history of uh, all these kind of like quirky derby happenings and so on was was when the goalkeeper from one side he was so bored because they were hammering them he he managed he got someone to throw him a magazine from the mm. crowd so he was reading it. Well, of course, then they go away and they get hammered and magazines rain down on the yeah. keeper and all that kind of stuff. You know, glorious stuff. And I think also it's it's almost the the, the humour, if you like, and the kind of, let's call it banter mm. between the two sides, they don't forget. Mm. You know, the, the, with Penarol and um, Nacional, they were still chanting, you know, it was a result about 80 years ago where one mm. of them hammered the other and they still chant about it. Mm. You know, those kind of things that's passed down the generations, that that rivalry, you know, that, that desire to well, beat uh, them uh, is that, still but there. But it's, it's something that can give your club meaning as well, regardless of fluctuation totally in, in, it elevates in form a and fixture fortune. yeah I, I mean as as we're you know on Saturday today uh, 12.30 on this Saturday so maybe just as you're, after as you're listening, listening to this, this or, yeah. or, or, or just afterwards um, uh, Wimbledon are playing MK today Ooh. right and I would say that like the the feeling of whether that is a derby slash rivalry is very split amongst Wimbledon fans right amongst MK fans not so much because, like, for example, like there are lots of Wimbledon fans who would say, because of what happened, we want to beat them at all costs. Mm. We hate them. I would say, like, if we win four nil or we lose four nil, our club still got nicked. And do you know what? We're better than you on every metric that apps actually counts. And I think most football fans would recognise that. But for them, Kingstonian it's, fans might. It's not. absolutely <laughs> massive. For them, it's absolutely massive because. 
It's the only thing that gives them meaning. Exactly. It's the only thing yeah. that makes them anywhere near a proper football club. Joking aside, Wimbledon have always teams, had that moral high ground, that philosophical yes, look, uh, yeah, yeah. And do you know what? Because of that, it actually reflects the way the derby slash rivalry, it affects the way those games between Wimbledon and MK go. Because you know what? I have no expectation of Wimbledon beating MK today because they turn up every time Milton Keynes uh-huh. and treat it like it's a derby. They play like everything, like, like their life depends on it. Mm. Whereas because there's this fluctuation and whatever football club you are in whatever situation, you all need to be pulling in the same direction. And because there's that kind of split in how Wimbledon uh-huh. fans feel about it, that's really reflected on the pitch. They always outplay us. They always beat us outside. Now, sometimes that's a lot of times that's because they've got better players and more money and all that sort of stuff. Although you would argue that's something that's maybe not paramount in a Derby situation. But it's interesting this week in the build up to the fixture, because Wimbledon went there and lost in January and a lot of Wimbledon fans are really outraged by it and said, look, I'm, I'm fed up of us, us us getting beaten by them. And it's interesting that even in, we're, we're talking about League Two here, mm. the club have put forward players for interview this week to say, look, we really know how much this means to the club. And the captain, Jake Reeves, has come out and talked about it and go, yeah, we realise it's really important and we have to give everything. We have to win this. Uh-huh. You know, a, a sense that there's got to be some sort of sea change. So, you know, does it become a proper rivalry Derby at this point and mm. is that actually a good thing well, we, we were saying that this, the, the fans kind of really decide on this it's interesting, yeah. really interesting because insight. if the fans yeah it, it is Andy because yeah. like, sure, it's unique the, the, the source unique. of it is almost unique yeah. yeah, particularly in English football yeah you know. and, and yeah and I th- so I think that if the fans want the players to respond and say no th- we're the fans we're going to be here you know for our lifetimes players come and go actually is it the club's duty to kind of go you know what we need to recognise this yeah. So, so I think I think the fans and, do um, kind of decide. And they the do. players, the players buzz off it as well. Yeah. I mean, they, they um, showed again on um, Wimbledon social media this week. They um, showed an animation of like one of the few times actually that Wimbledon beat MK and Lyle Taylor, um, former striker of ours, who's still very very popular, plays for Cambridge now. Um, there's of him scoring against MK and walking, uh, running, running off afterwards, um, and you've got the the cameraman photographer behind the goal taking the film and he's really playing up to it. He's, he's pointing at his chest and pointing at the floor. He's going, this is my fucking house. And people love him for that. People yeah. absolutely love him for that. And I think players who get it, they know to lean into it. They know to how to work that yeah. emotional angle, don't, don't they? And I think you know as a player that if you have a big performance or even a big moment in one of these games, you're kind of canonising yourself. It's an opportunity that you don't. Hey, Wayne get. Foster knows what you're talking about. Andy mm. has a has a short story about um about him uh, from um you know Irvin Welsh mm. and all that scored a goal against Hibs for Hearts in the mm. cup. Yeah, and he is immortalised among the Hearts fans. Yet barely did a thing. Yeah, and I think that's that. You can really kind of <clears> burnish <throat> your reputation for doing something in those kind of games. Totally. The, just to come back very quickly to the Portsmouth Southampton thing before we move on, there is a feeling I think. Not only that, um, if you grow up supporting Portsmouth, you are you, you are really told from the very start that Southampton is uh-huh. you know, the, their club is the enemy and that they are the you know, the worst and all the kind of stuff. And and but then there's there's some more kind of philosophical stuff that underpins it, which is that you know Portsmouth is a naval versus a commercial port. Mm-hmm. The sensibilities are very different. In my formative years, Southampton went through. We're obviously a Premier League team and were very relatively successful 
compared to Portsmouth. But they're also quite a middle-class team who were run by Rupert Lowe and it was always quite quite a very nice posh thing. Whereas actually, Have you seen who's in the stands there, though? It's really changed now. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Same thing. Like, it's quite well-to-do. And obviously, there are very parts, large parts of Southampton which aren't well-to-do at all. But the, the sensibility of the club, it was almost... I know this is not necessarily justifiable, but I can remember when Southampton had the new stadium built there was a big feeling in Portsmouth like, yeah, well, that would never happen to us. Mm. We, we'd never get that. Do you miss like, playing them yeah. more often? Um, well, I've just been so far removed from this, the locality for so long now that it's not got the same buzz for me. But they are very different cities and they are very kind of almost philosophically opposed. It sounds a bit Newcastle-Sunderland, that actually. Maybe. Because like Newcastle was really redeveloped mm-hmm. during the 90s and... That never happened to Sunderland. Mm. And I think sometimes, as, as we said with Real Madrid-Barcelona, when you're outside the local context, uh-huh. you can, like, some of the reasons why that rivalry is so intense can just fly over the top of your head. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Now, Michael uh, on uh, email, he says, Hi, gents. What is one opinion you have relating to football that could be construed as unpopular or, dare I say, even controversial? Here's one for you. Dennis Burkamp didn't mean to do the flick and turn against Newcastle. He was simply <laughs> trying to roll the defender, took a poor touch, which ultimately took him through on goal. Happy to die on the Dutch fraud <laughs> hill. Fight me. 
he says. To be fair, actually, I think Burkham has pretty much admitted that. Didn't he, he extrapolated that... this out to the fact that, that Burkham is a fraud, which is a bit of a big extrapolation from one move. Well, I think I think that with the Burkham thing is, I, I'm pretty sure Burkham said he, you know, it wasn't he? the touch. I haven't seen that. I'm quite sure that if he if he hadn't forgiven, but I'm quite sure he said, you know, it wasn't the touch he wanted. To do isn't isn't the whole point of it the impro? Yes, exactly. It's that's what it, makes it such a great goal. Yeah, right? the, the touch goes off, but he well, not panic because I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll meet the ball, you know, where where ultimately I want it, which is me facing mm-hmm. the goalkeeper to score. And so, in a sense, it is the the glorious and calm and beautiful response and technique to it that makes it. It's not incredible. His, it's not his goal against Argentina. That, no, that, no, that's that's, 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 that's fair to say. Look, I, 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 it doesn't actually matter, does it? Does it matter? He still did it. I mean, he still did it. Well, I think he's saying he's got. I mean, look, it's, it's not like it pinged off his shin, hit someone on the arse, and went in. It was an amazing piece of skill. Yeah, it didn't quite happen as he wanted it, according to him, according to you. But it's still amazing. Yeah, it, it's the response. I think that if you were to take, say, Ronaldinho's free kick against England, the more I've sort of looked at that, the more I think he's fluke. That he didn't mean that. Mm. And so I think you kind of go, well, that was a bit of a fluke. So he didn't mean that. Whereas Burkamp doesn't mean the touch, but look at the response because he manages to sort of swivel around the defense because he takes the bad touch and he thinks in that split second, okay, the ball's going around that way, so I'll spin this way. Do you, do you want to hear the quote from Dennis? Go on. He says, the pass from Pires was slightly behind me and I was adjusting myself to the situation because I wanted to go through on goal with one touch. I touched the ball, but my body was already turning the other way, so it looked quite good. For many goals, players just decide at the last moment when they, what they're going to do. That was the same with me. I'm glad it looked like that and that everyone is still talking about it today. So it's actually quite a non-committal answer. Really. Yeah, okay. Which but, he's saying he didn't mean he didn't when the ball comes to him he doesn't say right I'll flick it round that way and I'll go that way the ball's gone that way and he's going that way and he's judged it and thought right okay as it's happened I'm going to collect the ball which he doesn't then finish yeah, it's, it very it's, well. it's his unique appreciation of angles that allows him to yeah. readjust yeah. and yeah, score yeah, yeah, and a lot yeah. of players a lot of yeah. players do things completely instinctively and it's very like Jonathan Wilson talked about it quite a lot and other a big long read in one of his books where he says actually you can be wowed by the amazing quality and ability of a player on the pitch and then you go to interview them. And they can't really explain it. Yeah. It's actually really yeah. disappointing. Uh-huh. Like I think he was talking about in context of the Wayne Rooney overhead kick against Man City. Rooney talked a bit about how he felt like time slowed down and he had these different options and he chose an option, but it was all instinctive. And he said, mm-hmm. sometimes you expect players to be really um, very, very elaborate and, and very expressive on how they do these things. But actually, the reality is probably they don't even know. Yeah. And it just happens. And, and, uh, yeah, and the fact is they understand football on a totally different plane different level yeah. so why would they be yeah. able to explain it to us in a way that we could understand exactly well, it's just muscle memory sometimes you, you yeah. do something because there's the boom, boom you know? yeah um, so to answer the question do you want yeah, me to go, go first go and have a go yeah, that's yeah, what so... Michael wants he wants your controversial opinion wow uh, is there any other opinion or unpopular opinion well most of them are unpopular <laughs> <laughs> so my, my my take my my unpopular opinion I suppose is that and it might be because I'm instinctively against in football, which is a world game and everyone loves it and it's it's accessible to all. And I think that's a really important part of it. I kind of philosophically believe that. So I'm against the kind of gatekeeping about things and snobbiness and and, and the idea that you're you're not a proper fan if you do this and you're not a proper yeah. if you do that. I actually don't have a problem at all with half and half scarves. Which, I don't have a huge which, problem with it either. Which people are get very animated about. If you are making a pitch for me to give you the 
half and half Messi and Ronaldo scarf Ooh. that I picked up at the Portugal Argentina friendly at Old Trafford for Christmas. I might be able to arrange that. Okay, for well that's a, that's an unintended great consequence of this. Here's the reasoning. So it's horrendous. I think there's a, yeah, I'm sure it is. There's 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 a gatekeeping that goes on with football. How long have you been supporting that team? How long have you been going to that game? Do you go to all the games? Do you do this? Do you do that? Which I personally find quite um, repulsive. Don't you think that exists less? Maybe, but but, but what? Here's the thing. If, if you're taking your kid to a game and it's his first game and he doesn't support either of the teams and you want a souvenir from the game or you've come all the way from wherever and you want something to have a memento, get yourself a half and half scarf. It's then, a great little you've souvenir. Got, but you've got the R of people saying, that, well, why, should, why are you going to the game if you don't support any team? Well, tough shit. It's none of your business what I do. <clears throat> I once saw someone in um, the press box at Benfica. There was this guy who uh, used to work for, for Benfica, who was Is it George Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was who was such an intense in an administrative position. Mm-hmm. Who was such an intense fan of Benfica, he couldn't stand any other club. And someone passed him. There, there was there was this guy, a journalist, who was working away. And it's one of those days in Lisbon where it was about March. It was, I think it was in the Europa League against Espanyol. And um, it was at this Estadio de Luz. And it turned from very, very nice in the afternoon to really quite cold at night. And there was this journalist tapping away on his laptop. And he was shivering, like visibly shivering. One of the supporters passed him a Benfica Espanol half and half scarf and this guy in his Benfica blazer went down the stairs and snatched it off him and he's like no 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 not in here <laughs> blimey wow he's passionate yeah, yeah. I, I think with half and half scarves I understand the point that if you're a fan of a club then you know say say like a Fulham half and half Chelsea scarf mm. you know West London derby right I wouldn't want the Chelsea badge and all that or another club on the scarf. No, I guess it's, 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 it's like, like people case, who but, have like printed on the back of their so, shirt, "I ate Chelsea" or whatever. <laughs> I don't think people do that anymore. But yes, you're absolutely <laughs> oh, right. Oh, you'd be surprised. Fat Fulham, be surprised. Fat Fulham Dave wouldn't do that. Big Fat Fulham Dave, he's no. there in the <laughs> yeah. Putney end. But um, so therefore, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not for you. That's the yeah. point. And I think, and I understand that when people go, "It's not for you," let it be, and all the rest of it. Sometimes that can just be a bit irritating. Bit, love, and I think that something shouldn't be for anybody. But, but, if, but you, if you're a hardcore fan that goes home and away, and you've supported me your whole life, and you've got 15 Fulham tattoos, yeah, obviously you're not going to buy it. No, but it's not marketed at you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, so I think that yeah, you're you're right. It's just sort of a momentum for the day. I mean, I, I actually think that say with England friendlies you know someone gave me a half England Ghana scarf I wasn't actually at the game but I actually quite like that yeah because I, I, that's a little bit different so I think the half and half scarves don't really bother me that much but it taps into this mentality yeah of that you know and you see it all over Twitter you see people who've got like hashtag against modern football in their yeah. Twitter bios and their mm. football's crap now football. and first of all they're normally about 25 so they don't remember anything other than modern football anyway mm. secondly they completely disregard Everything that was terrible about old football, which is i.e. the standard of the play, the pitches, poor the, safety in the stands, poor safety in the stands, the fact that you know women and children didn't yeah. feel safe going there. No you know, half and half scarves. All I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's loads of stuff about modern football that's I, actually I, pretty good. Yeah, but no I, one talks about it. And half and half scarves, they're fine. Will Don't you, buy one I, will you admit? Will you at least admit that football shirts were better when they smelt of asbestos? Definitely. Bloody hell. I never know why people can, how people can wear football shirts out and about. You get so sweaty. Yeah. But I, I, I would say, just to give an ounce of balance, I do think half and half scarves generally are a bit wanky. And I think that 
you know, if you're supporting your team and you got one and a half and a half scarf in your team at Manchester United, what then do you do with that? If you collected them, fine. That, that's why I think that replaced. But it would just be a bit odd that you know, again, at say, uh, yeah, it's Fulham a kind versus of... Brighton, you know, in, in, in the Premier League, I'm holding up a half Man United, half Fulham scarf. We'd be like, we do with that. It's, 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 it's just an occasional visitor item. It's just a little souvenir from the game. Yeah, it's like okay. by the program. That's yeah, all it yeah. is. I think they should be compulsory. <laughs> Everyone should have to buy it. Shouldn't be allowed unless you got that, one. That's on. my controversial yeah. uh, opinion. Any any um, unpopular opinions yourself, Andy? Uh, well, I, I guess as people have got more and more annoyed with the Tory v- VAR. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um is 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 something that's maybe not that controversial anymore. Um I strongly feel that um fans and players and I've always felt this should just get the fuck over complaining about decisions and respect referees a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think I think it's become very, very fashionable to pile a lot of pressure on officials. And I, I don't I, think that's I, a controversial think, or unpopular opinion. No, though. but I, 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 I don't know. I think, I think maybe because the application of VAR has become so bad that it's become a less controversial opinion. Mm. But if I'd have said a couple of years ago, why are we spending like four minutes looking over this? Because I think it's... And if you watch football on television opinion, really, rather than regularly go to the stadium opinion, but what's about, the... about what a dreadful uh-huh. experience it is for, for the fans, that maybe getting everything 100% right, which it turns out is actually not possible, uh-huh. is, is not the most important thing. Okay. The, the problem is... But you, though, have to, no, but you have to implement something. So, so no one's allowed to write to Pugmal anymore. <laughs> But you need something a little well, bit extra yeah, here, Andy. Maybe, maybe on a pen pal level. If a manager, if a manager, loved. no, if a manager mentions VAR in a post match, then like a comedy sort of boxing glove comes out from the side <laughs> of the thing and just bang and hits him. Or, something like that. Or, or maybe Luke could appear from the sidelines and put a half and half scarf around their around, around their neck. Half and half decision scarf. <laughs> some people thought it was a goal. Some people thought it was a foul. There yeah. you go. We've we've got a momentum. Half and half scarf for decisions. My controversial <laughs> opinion is that. Um, Manchester City are completely innocent and they'll prove it. <laughs> we'll see if that age is like a fine milk. <laughs> We've got one from Paddy on the Discord. Uh, who's the strangest famous supporter of your club? Oh. Bunk from the Wire supports my local Irish team, St. Pat's. Someone <laughs> misquoted him about it years ago and just went, he just went with it. There's a video of him somewhere pissed at 3am in LA celebrating us winning the FAI Cup in 2014. <laughs> he tweets about games regularly and sent the team a video message before the 2021 FAI Cup final too. That's, oh, that's good. Brilliant. I love that he's involved. Paddy's a legend on the Discord. Great yeah. to have him involved. Do, do, do you reckon like Bunk, he celebrates the St. Pat's win with a, with a big cigar? Yeah, he should do. Uh, his real name's Wendell Pierce we should say I mean, yes. he's, not, he's not I don't think he's not actually it's the actor not Paddy yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I've got I could give you a quick top five if you want top five from Portsmouth I'll just do a quick rundown but he's got um, to be strange though okay well okay do you want the strangest one yeah go on, two... we want some strange ones okay so actually, to be fair actually Portsmouth probably be a strange. lot of Pompey fans claim Will Ferrell no no because he I think because he's friends with the owner and he and he, he has been down there oh well, he has yeah Oh, okay. All right. Well, accept well, that's that. like saying Sylvester Stallone's an Everton fan. He might be. No, this is he more got of a, a shirt link. once. See, I was going to say, I bet he's not even been there. He doesn't. And the great one for Portsmouth fans, of course, yeah. it's not as sweet at the moment. But the great one for Portsmouth fans is uh, James Ward Prowse. 
James Wolfe. Season ticket holder really? at Pompey for years. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. Before he went out. And the reason, obviously, the great thing about that is you can be a Pompey fan and be smug about that and then you realise with crushing reality yeah. that actually he's only ever playing for Southampton because Pompey's academy so shit. True. So, so <laughs> he slipped for a net again. Another one. Yeah. But I, I suppose that's not really strange when you think about, as you say, where he grew up and all that. Kind I, of stuff. I always loved, the one I always love for Portsmouth is, is uh, Anthony Mingella. Who is director of the English Patient, the talented Mr. Oh, right, Ripley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold Mountain? Yep. He is such. He's sadly no longer with us, but yep. his family ran an ice cream uh, business around Portsmouth and the oh, Isle of Wight. Okay. okay, and when Portsmouth got promoted to the Premier League back yeah, in 2003, yeah, yeah. they they actually achieved it. I think a game or two before the end of the season, uh-huh. or it was just after they became champions. In the final home game, yeah. the local radio station had Anthony Miguel doing co-coms. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> and, you, yes. and you could tell, even though he's won Oscars and stuff, it was not like the best day of his life. That is good. That he is was good. absolutely loving it on the radio. I, I do like that. So Miguel would probably be a good one as well. So James Jim's not here for Arsenal. Mm. Get old, uh, bin Laden. Osama. Yeah, Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously was an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Um, He'd turn in his grave at how they bottled it last year, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, careful. <laughs> In case, just in case no one's seen um, Zero Dark Thirty, spoilers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> if that's the name of the film, or it's another yeah. film. Uh, I'm going to say. So there's some obvious ones we know, like Lily Allen, and Hugh Grant. Hugh, yeah, but I, but like, that's not that's not strange, you know. If you think nah. about where he's no. from and if yeah. you, no. blah blah blah, you, you you look into it. He's got to be. He's got to be like, whoa, didn't see that. There's an Eminem link to Fulham. What is there? Yeah, it's very very tenuous. But if I you, can't have Will Ferrell and you can have Eminem. No, I'm, I'm saying that it's very, very tenuous, but there is some kind of link, but it seems very, very flimsy. So he has been mentioned as a Fulham fan, but, and this is a nice one, on set, Joaquin Phoenix was seen wearing a Fulham scarf. Very nice. That's half lovely. And half, half and half? No, 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 it was the full ticket. Is that one half Fulham, one half Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> so Joaquin Phoenix, I think, wins the... Yeah, the, the, the round. We've only got your word for that, though. Uh, Margot Robbie, because apparently her husband is a Fulham fan. Ah, Wacky Fitz was once apparently seen wearing a Fulham scarf. No, no, you can, you can Google that. It, it's there. Okay, right. It is there. I mean, with Margot Robbie, it's not such a great leap. She's a famous enjoyer of uh, Clapham Common nightlife, isn't she? Oh, that's right. In in South London, yeah. Oh. Um, and then, of course, the, the late great Michael Jackson. He <laughs> <laughs> was such a fan. They put yeah. a statue up in his honour. Absolutely. Yeah. The late great, as Marcus calls him. Yeah. So right, I've got to go. Great Uncle Bulgaria, Orinoco. <laughs> yeah. oh, there we go. Not that strange. You haven't really, got any, really, have you? Well, I, I guess Gene Whitfield back <laughs> in the day. Who's that? <laughs> She was like the old woman Terry in like a lot of skit- sitcoms. Oh right. She was. She was uh, the, the, the mum in Absolutely Fabulous. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. That doesn't surely, make any better. Surely some like you know like tennis players are fans of Wimbledon. Well, we we had Boris Becker come down for a game against Dagenham and Redbridge. There you go. Apparently, um, before he got deported. Apparently, uh, <laughs> exactly. Apparently, um, Brad Pitt. A, I just googled it. Really? Apparently, oh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, and yeah. Daniel Craig. Apparently. Yeah. Obviously. There we go. There we are. There we are. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Mailbag, everybody. We're back on Monday with a brand new Ramble, of course. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube and Instagram at Football Ramble and follow us on Spotify as well. Yes. Thanks for your questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. We, we, We couldn't do this without you. So lots of love and we'll see you on Monday. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Megan Rinks. And I'm Melissa D. Montz. And like every other person with access to a microphone, we started a podcast. On Mondays, we release Don't Blame Me, which is an advice podcast where listeners call in and we share our thoughts on situations such as what to do if you're going to your boyfriend's family function and you haven't told him that you previously slept with both his twin brothers. Then on Thursdays, we release our podcast, But Am I Wrong?, where we ethically gossip about pop culture, politics, our lives, and your lives. Listeners write in and we tell them if they're wrong or right in a situation. Are you the hero or the villain? On Tuesdays and Fridays, we throw in a little something extra as well. A little something something. We strive to create a community grounded in activism, mental health, and inclusivity. Think of us as like your blunt, honest friends who give you advice that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But we're also always rooting for your success. What we lack in credentials, we make up for in... Opinions. We do that in every episode, too. (laughs) We're professional unprofessional, so if you're looking for a new slate of podcasts to add to your routine, we're here for you. ACAST recommends. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.